0: Whether you're leading a major corporation or small business, you have probably wondered if your marketing was effective or if your sales team was following up on the leads being generated by marketing. According to Optismo, that's often not the case. In fact, they reported that 79% of leads generated by marketing do not get followed up by from sales get that? No one follows up. 79% of the leads that you generate, no one follows up. That's crazy. So how do you get your sales and marketing teams to work together? My next guest has a solution for that problem. She's talking about a chief revenue officer. Kay Keenast is a former executive at Xerox, Adobe, Cisco, and a whole bunch more. And she joins us today to explain why you need a chief revenue officer right now.
1: He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazelet. I want to
0: take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success.
1: This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts.
0: Hey, my first question that I have to ask you right off the bat is like, when you think about a chief revenue officer, chief sales officer, what's, what is a chief revenue officer? besides just the head of sales?
2: Well, honestly, um, that's really not the case. Okay, The chief revenue officer advances the revenue process, but owns it as well. So it's the alignment between sales, marketing, and customer service, so that you have a single corporate executive responsible for a go-to-market strategy and the key performance indicators that make
0: that happen. But what, wouldn't, a, a so chief, not, wouldn't a chief marketing officer argue with that, though? I mean, as a CMO, I always would think I'm I'm responsible for the go to market strategy, and that's what I would have said. I that I would own it as part of the process.
2: Well, you know, here this is a cautionary kind of situation because the CRO is not an expanded role for the CMO the EVP of sales, the VP of marketing, or the customer success officer. Think of the CRO as the company's chief revenue architect, meaning this person must devise a revenue strategy for growth, implement a process and procedures to carry this out, and drive continuous measurement and improvement of all of these functions. So this innovative team structure might include corporate marketing, demand marketing, sales development, direct sales, inside sales, customer success, and both marketing and sales ops.
0: So, but when you when you sit down and take a look at it, I was reading something that um, Pat Albright had said. A chief revenue officer at Marketo, he reported in the guest post of the CIO Network, he said that 40% of sales representatives' time is actually spent figuring out where to spend their time. Is that, is that a, boy, I you know is that either sales or is marketing living up to the promise of delivering growth? I, I What do you think about that when you hear something like that?
2: Well, I'll tell you. What I really think is that the disconnect starts with the go-to-market strategy
0: mm-hmm.
2: because Everyone has to be involved to include new markets and revenue growth for the company. So how you get there together and the key performance indicators are the most important part of this. So if that strategy plan and KPIs are communicated on an ongoing basis to everyone and people are measured in that fashion, fashion, it would be very difficult then to be apart from what the main objectives are.
0: So when you, when you talk about a KPI, and a lot of folks don't know, it might be new to them, but it's something that we've used in business for a long time, uh, key performance indicators. What, what would those be for a chief real, revenue officer, chief sales officer, as opposed to something, you know, certainly the numbers themselves, but what else would, what, what would be included in a KPI?
2: So in the KPI, for example, we're really talking about things like these are the markets we're going to focus on, both sales and marketing. So you wouldn't have marketing off doing lead and demand gen or public relations or any of their functions in focused on one, let's say vertical market with sales working on another. And surprisingly enough, that is happening today. Huh. So because marketing and sales are two very, different organizations. So they're measured differently and their key performance indicators are different.
0: Yeah, but but not all groups are like that. I, I, I you know, the reason I'm saying that is like, look, when I, when I was a chief marketing officer and if you're, I think if you're a smart chief marketing officer, you tie yourself like two in a box. So I made the chief sales officer inside of the company, you know, right alongside of me, I said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna grow this company or fail together. One of the two. I mean, and we're either gonna all boats rise." So I said, "Look, you move up to my floor." So I asked him to you know share the same floor as me. I said, "I want my folks, you know, key staff people sitting on your staff meetings and vice versa, because I want to know how we get two in a box where we're working together." And we were measured very similar. I mean, so I was measured on margin. I was measured on growth, customer satisfaction, market penetration. And to me, those would be KPIs that you would see for a sales executive, wouldn't you?
2: Well, yes, you'd see that for a sales executive, but wouldn't you see that for marketing as well? Oh, I think Maybe so. you share those yeah. between sales and marketing? But in your example that you gave me, I want to tell you that that is very rare. It's rare. That, yeah. that the organizations are not stove-piped. And so today, many marketing organizations are measured on... How many marketing-qualified leads move to sales-accepted leads or sales-accepted leads moved into sales-qualified leads? But they're not measured by hard metrics, and marketeers often shy away from that.
0: Yeah, I would agree that mo- a lot of marketers do, but I think, well, I'm not saying I was the most successful because I certainly wasn't at, at the, my last job and being able to help turn the company around. It was too far gone, but I did my best. But I, But to me... I mean, what do you say to somebody that's not aligned along those lines? I mean, what advice do you have somebody to saying what's the advantages or disadvantages of getting aligned or not aligned?
2: Well, I don't think that the company can be successful unless both marketing sales and customer success are measured and monitored in the same way, and they work on the same go-to-market strategy. So that means to me that somewhere there is data metrics and result driven key performance indicators that are the same for the three organizations Mm -hmm. and they're working off the same strategy. But, but honestly today that is not likely the case.
0: So when let's get back to the, my, my other question, which is the 40% of sales representatives time is spent figuring out where to spend their time. So is is it either sales or marketing that's living up to the promise of delivering growth? I mean, which one's failing when you, when you hear something like that? When I hear
2: something like that, I would tell you that I believe both sales and marketing are failing yeah. because sales and marketing, if hooked together, they wouldn't be spending, sales wouldn't spend time knowing where to hunt because marketing and sales has a joint plan that is, including a coverage map, so they know who is going to be doing what, to whom, and they know what percentage of the leads marketing owns that turns into revenue. Uh It's not that marketing owns um, the waterfall from serious decisions in terms of how many touches, how many marketing qualified leads. It's that they own the end result together. It's a very different look at how we go to market.
0: And if they're not getting the end result, they gotta look at the process, right? I mean they gotta really delve back into the process of what's working, what's not, and why and why are we getting these kinds of results.
2: Exactly. And yeah. the process right now includes something called data. We have because you have data and processes, they've gotta they've gotta to work together. So your data right now, Jeffrey, means that somewhere in this organization, you have a central data like a data mark or whatever name is attached to that particular data. Mm-hmm. And it's not just financial data. Every company has a, a lot of financial data. But what we need is, a, is data that's the single t- source of truth that includes customer prospect contact records what the customer bought by financial data, and so on. So that's what's missing. You've got to have data and everyone using the same data set. So let me give an example of that. If you are working with sales on a joint coverage map, you've got to know which are your loyal com- customers, and both sales and marketing treat them differently. You also have to know how much a- how many acquisitions in terms of prospects you've got to have? And what are those target accounts, whether it's account based marketing, named accounts, I don't care what you call it, who are we targeting together? And then, of course, you have to know what your current customers have bought so you can do a cross sell or an upsell. So all of that means you're using the same data set, not different data.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the key thing is having good data too, the right data. Because crap in is crap out. I mean, that's another piece of it. So, hey, let me take a break. i, I got to take a quick break uh, from talking about uh, chief revenue officers, chief sales officers, and, and why, and, and who, and what, and what's working, what's not. Because uh, I want to talk about, speaking of data, I want to talk about 4,000. That's the number of offices across North America for Liberty Tax, and that's great to have the folks here. Uh, from Liberty tax on board all business I love these guys got to speak at their convention this year and and um, I, I ran into one of the franchisees the other day when I was uh, down in, in Anchorage Alaska or at least one of the employees for one of the franchisees I was out in Alaska because these guys are everywhere so if you're looking to get into the business because it's a great seasonal franchise opportunity or you just need uh, some good services for your business or for yourself as a person uh, make sure you call on the great tax prep services and look to Liberty tax you know who they are they're the guys out waving in the street because that's one of their big things and it's kind of cool so when you think about sales and marketing who's who's more important I don't think either is more important Jeffrey yeah, they are equally as important
2: and they both own the same revenue number now I won't say that that's the way it looks today yeah. in most organizations whether they're small or whether they're large mm-hmm. but when everyone owns the same number amazing results can occur if you also have processes that let you utilize the data and utilize what both of these organizations need together. So you your example was perfect when you made sales move to your floor, yeah, Jeffrey. Yeah. It's, it doesn't happen all the time. honestly, yeah. it's different. No, it doesn't. That's very unique.
0: yeah well, but I also realized that, that we were on the – look, if I didn't have help with this thing, we weren't going to get it fixed. And, and and by the way, the the person I'm talking about became a really good friend of mine. I mean, we're still very good friends today, probably one of the closest friendships I still have after, outside of the organization and we're just two, two different people. But at the same time, we had a very common enemy, and that was to, to make it work. And we did a lot of stuff together. Even though we didn't see eye-to-eye lots of times, but we, we always came to agreement about what it was. So, but, you know, at the same time, I was part of what we'd call the C-suite, meaning I was one of the key officers of the company. And while he was really critical to the overall success, he was not part of the C-suite, meaning there was another layer between him and the, the chairman. So, you know, not a lot of not a lot of chief revenue officers, chief sales officers are, you know, at that level in the C suite. And I think you know what I'm talking about, okay, when when I mention that. And I would probably say what, twenty percent maybe are part of the C suite. But why do you think why do you think that is typically they're not they're not at that level?
2: Well, you know, I find it interesting and I think, you know, it may be that people want to eliminate the number of people in the C suite. And that is another reason to have a CRO, where you both have sales and marketing reporting to the same person, so that you can fluently speak about what they're doing together. But one of the things I would say is that the CRO is not a great salesperson, although that person has to be able to go out and help with big deals. But they also have to have an appreciation for marketing, and more importantly, for that customer focus. So it's a special person that can do this and a special person who can actually mediate the differences between all sales, marketing and customer service.
0: You know, uh, you're you're, you're, not
2: a simple task.
0: No, it's not. And you're cutting a difference here. And this is I want to get the nuances because I think it's kind of interesting when we take a look at it. You you're saying there's a difference between chief revenue officer and chief chief sales officer. and Most people would know the difference. But what I'm picking up from you is you're saying, look, the, the chief revenue officer should also be the chief sales officer and the chief marketing officer. That's basically what you're saying, right?
2: I am saying that, and I'm saying that their background mm-hmm. has to be steeped in data, metrics, and be results driven mm-hmm. so that they are pushing the entire organization into the same go to market plan. It unites the revenue opportunity for a company. Yeah.
0: So, do you see, where do you see, have you seen a lot of companies that have adopted this kind of model? Well, I have seen a lot of them here in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say
2: that I have seen folks that really understand the role as well as we're laying. Because there aren't that many people who are great at sales and, and great all. at marketing. Yeah, and the reason is that marketing, um, more of a data science now, uh, I know that there may be people listening going, oh, my Lord. But data informs us, not just any data, but specific data. And it has to be used in the right way. Yeah, but so you this, have to understand the meaning of it. Yeah,
0: but at the same time, you, you also have to have some basic skill sets, some processes, some ways in which to understand how to use the CRM systems, all the other things that aren't necessarily part of data. Some of us certainly CRM systems would be part of data, but, but you know what I'm talking about? You have to know who's the, you know, what kind of skill sets people need. You have to be able to read people. Those are all, I, you know, go ahead.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't say that the CRO has to be the expert salesperson or the expert marketer. Mm. You know, one of the things I'll tell you is they've got to understand process. They have to be able to do a go to market strategy based on data. And they've got to be one of the best arbiters you've ever seen because that's what they're going to do all day. So I think they've got to have that basic mix of process and data and then let their people bring forward their specialty skills. But everything is driven toward that go-to-market plan.
0: Yeah, so when you when you take a look at, well, I tell you what, let me take another break here because I, well, I got a chance because I want to go off on some another tangent. So I want to talk about my friends at Duncan. Did you know that they insure? Quality and consistency, Dunkin' Coffee experts taste an average of 200 cups of coffee every day. Not the one you're drinking. These are They pour different ones, okay? That's some coffee dedication. Uh, I may not drink 200 cups a day, but I do drink my fair share of Dunkin' Coffee every day because all business in America run on Dunkin'.
1: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world. Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business. Brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts.
0: Let me so let me ask you another question for the and, and to kind of justify this part of the need for a CRO is that 79 I read this that seventy nine percent of leads generated by marketing do not get followed up from sales. Why why is that? Oh my goodness! This
2: goes back to that go to market model, and it's such a you know, I think that is embarrassing for both sales and marketing. Oh, I would fire well, somebody. What is
0: <laughs> I would fire somebody well, if I first
2: of all, I don't know if they ever sat in a meeting where sales brings their data in and marketing brings their data in. Both sets are incomplete. Yep. Uh, people just go crazy when that situation exists, and I'm telling you it exists more than it, than it doesn't. Yep. So, you know, for me, this means when this happens, We're not focused on the company's go-to-market strategy and we haven't gotten together and outlined the processes for who are we going to go after and who's assigned to which of these territories. So that's just a basic coverage map. In a lot of organizations today, that coverage map is left with sales operations and adopted by the sales organization. Marketing, may have never seen that coverage now. Mm-hmm. So when they're out there making their interpretation of the go-to-market strategy, they may actually be hunting where we don't even have sales reps. And believe me, there are very few marketers whose face hasn't been read over that.
0: Yeah. Well, but you know, when I sit there and I look back, I, that's why I put a chief data architect in place. Now, I'm not trying to go for chief of this and chief of that. What it meant was I said, look, we're going to have one person that's going to be pulling this data together. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you or you or you. We're going to have one, and here's what the system's going to be like, and here's what we're going to agree that what's important and what we pull from. And then I aligned the CIO team around that to get that done. I mean, I had 17 CRM systems when I took over. That was freaking nuts, you know. So I, you have to. It really gets back to what I call K these conditions of satisfaction, and that's really sitting down. Shouldn't the chief revenue officer, or I mean, put it this way: if you don't have a chief revenue officer, shouldn't the chief sales officer and the chief marketing officer get together and and align themselves around what I would call conditions of satisfaction? Is what is it we're going to drive and how we're going to drive it?
2: Absolutely. But let me give you examples of very well-known companies. I'm not going to use their name. Oh,
0: please, please,
2: come on. (laughs) Unless they're my sponsors.
0: Unless they're my sponsors, I don't want to do that. But go ahead. No,
2: no, no. But very large companies who don't even know where the data is coming from if you're on the sales side for marketing. And marketing is not sharing that data with sales. Conversely, sales is not sharing their coverage map or their data with marketing, and I, that is where the crux of the problem is. Is that These because they're just is that is that corporate
0: politics? Is it was it siloed or is it corporate politics? Because to me, if I heard if I was a CEO and I found that was out, man, there'd be some people's heads rolling. I'm not joking. Just an example. They're just that's to me that's almost defrauding the company.
2: But Jeffrey, whose data is right and whose data is wrong? You know, the organization will spend for months trying to prove their data is right or wrong. The the crux of this is most people do not have a data mark with someone in charge, and it can't be IT. IT has to inform it. IT has to make sure that it's secure and so on and so on and that you're meeting all of the requirements from IT. But most people do not have Anyone that looks like a data officer. Yeah. So people are using a variety of different kinds of data that doesn't help the CEO in any
0: way. Yeah, but that, to me, that's almost criminal. To, to if a company's doing that kind of stuff, I mean, how do you, how do you innovate that? Then this, let's get back to that question I was talking earlier about how do you innovate the team structure? How do you put this in place? Well,
2: I don't think the team structure is going to look like what it does today at all. Uh-huh. Because right now you typically have you know, an executive in charge of sales, an executive in charge of marketing, and now we're getting an executive in charge of customer success. So you know, all of those three have to be brought together in a new organizational structure. It doesn't mean anyone's more important than the other, it just means that these new models along with processes that optimally focus on how we increase revenue have to be developed and implemented. And then when the obvious is going to occur, because there will be trade-offs, this person negates that. Let me give you an example. This wise arbiter is going to have to decide based on my go-to-market strategy. Do I need more demand gen, more PR? Do I need more sales managers, more sales reps? Those are the questions that drive most organizations crazy, and today they're made from the perception of budget versus the go-to-market strategy.
0: Yeah, which is uh, that is the case. You know, I would think that digital, the way in which we're marketing more digitally than we have in the past would actually make this structure easier to go to. You know, I'm sitting here, you know... Well, I've, that
2: just means... Go ahead. But think about it. In a marketing organization, because we're going to market digitally, that means I need more money. Well, how about sales?
0: No, not, well, no not necessarily. I mean, you know, when I had a, a B2B business and a B2C business, 70% of the B2B business was spent in salespeople and outbound sales activity and, you know, 30% on the actual advertising, kind of what more traditional marketing. And, and yet the cost didn't decrease or increase more. But, and then when I was on the consumer side, it was the other way around, more advertising than salespeople. But, but the digital, I would think digital gives me more inclination to put in a model for chief revenue officer, because, just gives me more control and I'm more specialized and I, I'm making a case for it. I, you know, I, I don't know, I was sold on it before, but now I can kind of make a case for it where I could see it more in its implementation along these lines.
2: I can tell you the world has become digital and most, you know, this is where the small organization has a leg up on yeah. the large organization because they don't have these, processes and procedures that have been in place for years and years and are extraordinarily difficult to change. But whether a large organization can change or not becomes the real issue because digitization has changed the way prospects go to market. And we cannot at this moment say that that's not the case. It is happening every day. So if you are not digital... You have no idea how much revenue you may or may not be losing. So you've got to get digital.
0: Yeah, well, but the... that
2: doesn't mean marketing just gets more money. That means that there's still joint KPIs, and I'm saying joint for a reason because sales has to close the deals. Marketing isn't going to close a deal.
0: Well, I'm curious. Marketing I, has to key
2: cur- it up. Yeah. so that sales can close
0: that deal. Well, let me let me take another break here because I want to come back to the digital because I'm trying to understand one other piece that you're making that's not not clearing for me yet. But speaking of digital, I'm swamped by emails every day and I'm spending hours and hours sorting out what's important and what's not and then I went and got SaneBox. I'm telling you uh, today, this saved my bacon again today because I'm able to teach it over a period of a couple days. It learns it and when I wake up in the morning, I don't have 200 emails. I've only got the 20 that are most important because it, it I teach it but more importantly i can tag things like i can put one day two day three day two hours like i had one employee today who wasn't getting back to me on stuff so i kept every two hours pinging this person to find out what are you doing with this what are you doing with this and rather than me having remembered i just put at two hours at sanebox.com and it pops back in my inbox so this is really cool so if you want this i'll give you a couple weeks for free because that's what i worked out with these guys it's a time saver just go to www.sanebox that's s-a-n-e box.com forward slash hazlet h-a-y-z-l-e-t-t you put that in there and you get a couple free weeks look this is like 20 bucks a month it's a very inexpensive service. You can, I, I don't know, they got three different kinds. they have got a lunch, dinner, all-you-can-eat buffet kind of uh, pricing structure. So go sign up. So, Kay, let me get back to this uh, last, this kind of this question that we were just talking about a minute ago. You, you keep saying that, you know, digital and then saying it's more expensive. I found the opposite of that. Typically, when I'm changing my marketing around to more digital, I'm actually getting better at my spend and I'm actually, I'm saving money. I might put more back in because I can get more targeted, but I usually find that's the case. Are you not seeing that?
2: No, and let me explain why I'm not seeing that. Because digital doesn't just mean email. Digital means your website. So I need new tools and infrastructure for the web so that I can catch that that buyer's journey in the website. So it's all about new tools, new technology, and how you manage that. Not only for the web, but for marketing and for sales. So all need to be empowered with the new capability to capture digital because it's everywhere. Yeah, well, so you're still yeah. going to need money for digital ads, but where do you serve them up? People have to go on your website to drop a cookie so that they can get a relevant um, digital ad. So you're still in this conundrum of having to spend money, but now you have new technology that can help you. So it still still is difficult for the budgets, whether it's sales, marketing, or customer success. And all three, by the way, are extremely important.
0: Yeah, but if you're spending money in the right places, you're gonna start seeing the return back, and that's why I think digital is a little bit more, is better in terms of its targeting, although there still needs to be some brand awareness that you have to raise. Um, a lot of companies are forgetting that. They're forgetting the value that you can raise as a company when you spend some money on the on the overall um, brand awareness or brand brand hype to some extent. So, do, do I need, let me ask and I wanna say one ahead. thing about that, right. Jeffrey,
2: because remember, In the past, we didn't need a chief data architect and chief data anything. We have to have that now if you're going to optimally work in the digital world. Oh, I think we
0: we needed it before. I think we were just stupid not to have it. I I really do. Well, you (laughs) and I
2: both could agree on that because (laughs) data is really important, but many people have not done it. Now they have to do it, and it's extremely expensive.
0: Well, you know, it, you know, I once heard somebody sit up in a, in a seminar and say it's all about, you know, segments. I'm going, what are you talking about? It's not about segments. Segments of one. You know, because I think you can get down to understanding the data a little bit better and understanding your customer fix, and you can build those personas out. And then it's the segment of one. So I can treat you differently, and I should be treating every individual customer. I've got the stuff that tells me about your buying habits, the way in which you do And if I'm tracking it, I should be able to give you a better experience. And as a better experience, I should be able to charge you more and get better margins and every everything else. But I, You know, I do... You... That's the goal, Jeffrey. Yeah. yeah. That is the goal, but we've got to implement the tools and we have to
2: have people who have those skills. Yeah. So by nature, when you talk about your chief data officer, they've gotten data skills. Yeah. They have gotten... They don't have a segment. They don't have to do look-alike modeling and so on and so on. People are learning those now. Yeah. I know that may see a, seem a little crazy to you, but that's the learning... Going on. No, no, I, I don't. Data scientist role.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I do think we're learning and we're getting better at it. I just think we we weren't aware of what we weren't aware of, and once we became aware of it, then why aren't you rushing to that? Because that's that's going to help you. I mean, it's like, like I, I, I'm not joking when I said I had 17 CRM systems that I wrote in my first book or maybe in my second book. That if you asked me, I we had a list of customers. That used to spend like four million dollars with us on this one particular machine. And if you, if you would have came to me and said, oh, "Look, I've got your kids, and I'm gonna kill them if you don't provide me with a list of your customers," I would have to tell you within 24 hours, I would say you're gonna have to kill me because I don't know who the guy that's got the spreadsheet that owns the list of customers. You know, it was I couldn't find that data. And so that, which was scary, and when I realized that, it's that's when I said, "Look, we've got to change the way we do things." Let me take another break for a second. I've got to because I love to and I want to. On our last show, I introduced everybody that was listening to Mac Weldon. Well, now I can tell you, Mac Weldon will be one of the most comfortable undergarment uh, companies that you can actually ever wear. So, in fact, they are so confident in their products and the comfort level that if you don't like their first pair, you can keep it and they'll refund you. Wow, that's the kind of guarantee I like to see. No questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, shirts look good, uh, they perform well t- as well. You can get hoodies, sweatpants, uh, you know, shirts, undershirts, everything. They got it all. So here's what you got to do. Go visit MackWeldon.com and use the promo code BUSINESS business, just write in business and you get 20% off. So don't forget about that. Hey, let me ask you one last question. What's, where can, where can someone find out what are the skill sets or the places needed or the things needed or the job description or the, the, you know, the, the things that are really critical to a chief revenue officer? Do you have something like that that's available for people?
2: Well, I think you're going to, now you're going to hear the real digital stuff. I think you're going to be out there Googling that because there is information out there right now about what you can do. So, yeah. you know, there's an article by Fast Company uh, published by Phil Fernandez, the CEO of Marketo. Yeah,
0: Phil's a good uh, guy. Phil's talking about
2: well. Yeah, talking about uniting sales and marketing. There's also Paul Albright, who was his chief revenue officer and now the CEO of CAPTORA. but you've also got organizations like Heinz Marketing that actually produce blogs and a number of pieces of material that talk about how do you unite sales and marketing. So go out there and look for those kinds of publications because that's what we've been trained to do with digital. We go do our own research.
0: Well, you opened up my mind today. I wasn't ready for it. And, uh, you know, I came in a little bit more skeptic about this and I'm kind of more open to it now. And, and I can see the positives and I can see um, how difficult it might be, too, to do it. Uh, and I do agree with you. I think it's a lot easier for a smaller company or a, or a high growth company, you know, those that are nimble. I think that's a much better, easier that's way for That's exactly right. I think that's the key word that I would use. Well, Kate, it's been a pleasure. I thank you. And uh, it's been great having you here on All Business. Well, I appreciate it. Thank right. you.
1: Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts.
0: The end of every show, that's how I end it. I like to talk about what I learned, and I wrote down a bunch of different things. You know, the I guess, the first thing I guess was I learned was, I kept thinking chief revenue officer, chief sales officer, same thing, and and Kay opened my eyes that there's a difference, and that chief revenue officer doesn't have to be just a salesperson or a marketing person, but more of a person who's really leading the strategy of owning the entire customer satisfaction process that includes the the hitting revenue goals, and I think and I think of that as a marketing job and um and i think this has got some merit to it so that's what i learned to be open again to different things in the way in which people think about it and uh, i think that this works more for a small company or high growth company than it does for an existing company and here's why i say that because we're so ingrained in the systems and it takes a while to make it happen so um, that doesn't mean it can't work uh, but it does mean i think it probably works faster at those so i think you should think about this if you're looking at a new company Do you have just a chief revenue officer who's in charge of that? And some people say, hey, you might have had that with the president or chief operating officer. I think it's a little bit different. Not worried about the operations in terms of delivering the product itself or the service, but really around the revenue and aligning the marketing and sales teams in your go-to-market strategy. I think it has got a smart way. So that's what I learned right here. All business Uh, with Jeffrey Hazlett on Play.it. Don't forget, please, please, please. Help me meet my numbers by telling somebody about this show. And you can find us on on iTunes. You can find us, oh my gosh, you can find us on play.it. You can find us anywhere. Just go look. Google us. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett.